Welcome in everyone to the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com. I'm joined by Travis Ryan, longtime senior analyst at BamaOnline.com and the radio host of Southern Fried Sports, which of course is at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa weekdays, 11 to noon. The Talking Tide Twitter feed, of course, is dental associates more about them a little bit later in the program if you'd like to hear the talking tide podcast a lot of ways to do it our web host podbean.com you can get it there immediately and we always drop a link on that twitter feed and as well uh, it comes on various apps including itunes google play stitcher and tune in and we come out come at you with this podcast recapping Immediately following uh, 70 to 58 tied over the rival Auburn Tigers, it was a home finale. Travis in a game that that Alabama took control of, led by 10 at the half, ended up by 12. And really, turnovers I think seem to be the story in this one. Travis, big big disparity in that department. 23 turnovers for a Sharif Cooperless. Auburn basketball team, seven for Alabama, points off turnovers. Alabama 24, Auburn 6. At one point, that was 21-2 to two in the second half. And Auburn really did a nice job on the glass throughout the game, out-rebounding Alabama by 12. But, yeah, when you have that kind of disparity when it comes to turning over the basketball and then you, know, you have one of your seniors step up big. It's a five-point game there. Uh, at the under eight media timeout in the second half, uh, you know, John Petty comes out of the under eight, hits the big three to put you up eight. You get some, uh, offensive burst from Jaden Shackelford moving forward. He had 10 of those 13 in that 13 to two run. You're able to get some separation and finally get this thing under control, but not a pretty game for much of the evening over there at Coleman Coliseum. But at the end of the night, there's Alabama at 15-2 and two in the league now, and just one more conference game to go on Saturday at Georgia, Chase, before we start really getting into some March Madness. Crimson Tide goes to 20-6 and six on the season, so definitely a, a watershed victory with that 20th win. They go to 15-2 and two in SEC play. They started off with a, a Herb Jones to John Petty lob dunk followed by a petty three to go up five, nothing really quickly. So you kind of, from the outset, it looked like Alabama's offense was going to be on. Uh, They didn't shoot great from three point range as a team, 10 out of 35, 29% warmed up a little bit later in the game, particularly Shackelford, Travis, he ends up five out of nine from three point range and, and uh, carried this team a long way offensively tonight. He did, and again, that defining stretch there from the under eight, really, uh, on that that run that Alabama was able to, you know, use to put itself up. I guess it was sixteen there with about three twenty-two left at sixty-five to forty-nine, and you know, Shackelford's certainly capable of doing that. It seems like he is more likely to do it in Tuscaloosa than maybe on the road, but you take it as you can get it. And, uh, you still had some offensive struggles in some other areas, but you know Quinterly has become pretty much a dependable double-digit scorer off the bench. 
he gives you 11 again uh, in that role. And you know, you're still trying to get Josh Primo going, put him back into the starting lineup on, on Tuesday night after he was off the bench against Mississippi State over the weekend. He goes 0 for 5 from the field. And, you know, Herb Jones gives you double-digit scoring, nine rebounds, six assists. So uh, Shackelford, though, unquestionably, uh, the star of the game uh, offensively for Alabama and uh, defensively, though, a team that maybe as much as anything, that's the identity of this Alabama team right now as it looks ahead to uh, postseason play. Herb Jones, steady Eddie for sure. Uh, three steals, ends up with 10 points, one rebound shy of a double-double. He seems healthy and, and pretty much over uh, that back injury that kind of slowed him down uh, several weeks ago. Uh, so he's looking good. You mentioned Primo. He's been off lately. And, and when I say off, mm-hmm. it's not that he's played terribly. It's just that more he hadn't been able to get in the flow of the offense, maybe hadn't played quite as many minutes as he had previously. But we've seen this team, Travis, get by and continue to win, even with key players not performing at their best, right? John Petty for a while, I think this season, in a minor funk, uh, they continue to win. Primo obviously can't seem to get in the flow of things offensively, not getting quite as many touches right now, but they're getting by. They're still winning games. They're still playing defense, and and, and that's – you better be able to lock up defense – uh, if you're not hitting the threes and tonight was a good example of that Alabama overall, not great from three point range, but they clamped down on that defensive end. It made a difference. Yeah. 13 steals in the game for Alabama. That's a lot compared to just four for Auburn. And again, you've got to temper some of this tonight anyway, or Tuesday night anyway, with the fact that Sharif Cooper did not play. And that was obviously one of the major storylines going into the game. Cooper was great against Alabama in round one down at Auburn Arena uh, in January. The ankle, though, has held him out of the last three games in a row. He was not on the floor for this one, and that obviously makes a, a huge difference. But it's not like Auburn doesn't have some guys capable of putting up some big numbers on the offensive end. Alan Flanagan, one of those guys for the Tigers, and Alabama holds him to just seven points on two of eight shooting in the game Tuesday night. So again, yes, you you acknowledge and you understand that Sharif Cooper is that guy for Auburn, uh, but you give Alabama some credit for taking advantage of the situation and you know turning Auburn over 24, 23 times, including those 13 steals. Yeah, big night with the turnovers for sure. Alabama really took care of the basketball for their part in that department. Uh, and they needed it from the from a rebounding standpoint. Uh, Auburn wins the rebounding battle here, 44 to 35. Seemed like a little bit bigger disparity than that to me. I, I thought that disparity was going to be 15 plus. It only ended up being nine rebounds. Still, though, a fairly big gap. And and you know what this team is. I think Travis offensively, it's fair to say at this point, when Alabama gets second shots that second shot's going to come off a three-pointer. And when they're forced to drive to the basket, that if they don't finish, that's going to be a one-shot possession um, because they don't, a lot of times, of course, have the size for the short rebound. But if you're launching those threes, those long rebounds pop off, 
and they, they go right over those big men a lot of times. They do, and it's interesting when you do look at the rebounding numbers from this game, and you do see Auburn plus 12 overall, uh, but just a couple uh, in the black compared to Alabama where offensive rebounds are concerned, and then you look at second-chance points in the game, and Alabama's plus eight didn't really make a lot of sense. A lot about this game (laughs) didn't make a lot of sense for much of it on Tuesday night, but uh, you know, Alabama once again, had some issues finishing at the rim. Uh, I'll give Auburn some credit for that defensively, but 12 of 23 on layups, you know, that's sort of under that 60% that Nate Oates wants to see his team operate at because we're not talking about when you see a stat like layups, people sort of equate it to just wide open looks. And trust me, I think we understand that uh, John Petty had a missed wide open dunk there in the second half. So, this isn't that isn't what I'm talking about, but you know a lot of what this team does at the rim does get contested, and you know those numbers need to to pick up. And uh, however, as they they look ahead to uh, tournament play, Quinterly and Shackelford definitely I, you like the way they go to the basket. I think Shackelford's doing a better job of finishing now than he was maybe a month or so ago. Quinterly, I like probably even more. I don't think anybody on this team can break a defender down one-on-one off the dribble like Quinterly. No, he's exceptional. And sometimes I think it's maybe a little too much. He gets a little too caught up in it. Showy. The ball, the ball, well, it's not even the showiness. I, I love to watch that as much as anybody. I mean, I'm the biggest I'm the biggest James Robinson, Hollywood Robinson fan ever, probably. I I love that stuff. But when the ball doesn't move, uh, especially in the half court, that's when, you know, it it can become a little bit of a problem. But, you know, as we've seen, and you kind of continue to wonder about this team as it moves into the postseason, um, it's great to have a guy capable of at the end of the shot clock, at the end of games, you know, being that definitive go-to person, that go-to guy in those situations. But it starts with willingness. And when it comes down to it, especially when we're talking about potential season-ending scenarios, there's a lot of guys that don't want that on them. But I'll say this for Quinterly. I'm not going to tell you he's going to be a a hero at at the end of all this. But I'm not going to be surprised if it is Javon Quinterly in a big spot who goes to the bucket, who takes a three, who tries to make it happen off one-on-one. Um, because it, he, he seems to, to not lack self-confidence, I guess is what I'm saying. And, you know, that, that's what it takes first and foremost as you get into this, this time of the year. Fun, fun player to watch, Javon Quinterly, that's for sure. Uh, now, what did you make, Travis, of the technical difficulties on that Deuce broadcast with this game? They had a some kind of outage, I guess, with the normal camera angles. And for a handful of minutes in this game, all that was provided was <laughs> camera angles from behind both goals. If it had been a foot, just to describe it best I can, if it had been a football game, it would have been like watching all 22 tape, I guess, right? But not behind the offense, behind the defense. It took me back to maybe trying to watch one of my kids in AAU basketball on some <laughs> grainy stream, you know, that some AAU event provided a stream of the games. And that was, it kind of just set a, a camera on a table courtside 
and wide angled it and there you go there's your stream no i i I don't know really what that was all about it it wasn't good um perhaps uh, there there had to have been some issue that that wasn't a directorial decision was it i mean it couldn't have been because it was you know what it reminded me of the uh the arkansas alabama football game a couple of years ago in Fayetteville. Remember, I was there. I was in Fayetteville at that game, and they had some real weather issues, lightning in the area, so they weren't able to use all of their camera, all of their production equipment. So they were left to start that game with just a sort of a wide-angle view of the field. Uh, and I remember Alabama fans really being heated about that, and uh, they eventually got it back to the normal broadcast. But that that's what that kind of... That's what that kind of had the feel of from the uh, from the stanchion, I guess, for the for the 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 goals, you know, the, the camera that's, I guess, embedded there. But uh, uh, it was rough there for a little bit. Yeah, I definitely didn't appreciate it as a primary angle. I've I've never seen anything like that before. Angle wise, I thought it was might have been cool as a secondary angle. Like I wouldn't mind uh that angle maybe on a replay to get a good look at a foul around the rim yeah. uh maybe Charge maybe it gives, yeah, yeah maybe and it, and it gives you a good look at defensive switches for sure gives you a good look at uh how fast breaks come together certainly so as a replay angle i wouldn't mind seeing that a little bit here and there but not a primary angle no i think that was that's totally a complimentary shot like when they come back from a break and they put graphics over a shot you know what i mean that's what that shot is yeah back to a back to the action from the break shot and that's apparently what they were left with there on a couple different occasions yeah and i guess you you don't come tournament time they have that camera that sits right off the top of the backboard right which is pretty cool yeah Uh, you don't see that in the regular season yeah you get you get a lot of different looks and you know, you would think that would be the case in, in the NCAA tournament coming up because, you know, everything's going to be centrally located there in that Indianapolis area. So uh, they should be able to throw everything at those broadcasts. I guess there could be, though, a limitation on production workers. You know, I'm not sure how that's going to work, but uh, I'm sure CBS will, will on that 27 different networks. I guess they're going to still do that, too, with True TV uh oxygen all those i don't know i mean they had a ton of different networks they put those games on you got to have a pretty wide-ranging dial in that first round don't you you do you do absolutely talking tide podcast at podbean.com itunes google play stitcher and tune in the twitter feed is talking underscore tide chase goodbread and and Travis Ryer with you. We're going to thank our sponsors really quickly here. We're going to start telling you about North River Dental Associates, former Alabama football player, Dr. Jack Smalley, and his professional staff of outstanding dental hygienists can do any kind of dental work you might need. If it's porcelain veneers, they got you. If it's pediatric dentistry, laser dentistry, they got you. Dentures, dental implants, they do it all. Those teeth whitening services, if you've got some kind of event coming up, a wedding, what have you, you want those teeth to look as white as possible, they can take care of that as well. That's definitely a popular thing over there at North River Dental. They'll get you in and out of there in under an hour typically on a routine cleaning, especially if you get in there twice a year like you should. Appointments can be made 
uh, by phone. That number over there is 752-3506 or go to the web, northriverdentist.com. Convenient location for sure. Uh, as you head toward Northport on 82, you just make that right turn onto Watermelon Road and go straight into Fairfax Park right beside West Alabama Pediatrics. It's easy to find and they do the best job of anyone in town. It's North River Dental Associates. I'm going to keep you out there in that same area and send you to Southern Ale House at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North, you know, just about every night of the week. They've got something special cooking, something special going for you there at Southern Ale House. Like on Tuesdays, it's the burgers and brews. If you're not sure which of those three special burgers they have on Tuesday nights you want, or maybe one of those uh, craft brews that they have for you, just ask your server. Just ask uh, the folks there at Southern Ale House, and they'll pair you up. They'll get you right in tune with the burger you need, with the brew you need. They'll take care of you. Then on Wednesdays, you're going to have Wine Not Wednesdays, uh, great specials on glasses and bottles of wine on Wednesdays at Southern Ale House. And every day of the week, it's going to be the same great food, whether it's the plate offerings that meatloaf is out of this world as we've known for several years now chase and myself big fans of the meatloaf but also the sandwiches the burgers in general uh great house-made sides as well nothing frozen nothing pre-prepared homemade for you there it's southern ale house 1530 mcfarland boulevard north also want to tell you about if you're in the market for some outstanding pizza just an outstanding cool vibe in general Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza. If you weren't able to make it into Coleman Coliseum Tuesday night, I hope you take advantage of the Tuesday night special and watch the game right there at Heat Pizza Bar on Tuesday nights at 6 o'clock. They're going to have those Thai chicken pizzas for just 7 bucks. They have specials throughout the week uh, there at Heat Pizza Bar. Great, great stuff. Great pizza. Great folks. Great service, Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. I heard you talking about Heat Pizza Bar on Southern Fried Sports today, Travis, and I almost uh, uh, tried to arrange an impromptu Alabama-Auburn basketball podcast straight from Heat Pizza Bar. Uh, My day kind of got away from me, so I wasn't even (laughs) able to suggest that to you. But we hadn't been over there to do a pod in a while. Maybe we'll get over there for that tournament or something. Yeah, we need to do that for sure. That would be awesome. Catch up with Frank and and you know, anytime you can get the heat, you, know, you don't need an excuse. It's it's just great. Great food over there, no doubt about it. All right, the Talking Tide podcast, podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in. Just a couple of more minutes in this uh, relatively short episode of Talking Tide. Uh, Going to talk the final game of the season, Alabama now, Travis, looking ahead to a game against the Georgia Bulldogs. They weren't even supposed to play. You want to call this a makeup game, but they're not even making it up against the game they lost. They lost a game against Texas A&M. They end up getting Georgia just to uh, make it an even 18 games in league play. That game is going to be in Athens on Saturday at uh, 1 p.m. So one more, and then the Crimson Tide looks ahead to that SEC tournament, which kicks off. March 11th at Bridgestone Arena in Nashville. And they've announced there will be some fans allowed into the SEC tournament, but it won't be the big blue takeover like it typically is 
up there when the event is held in the Music City, especially. Uh, yeah, looking forward to it. Still got some things to sort out from a seating perspective. Speaking of Big Blue Nation, uh, in the midst of a game while we record this with Ole Miss over in Oxford, Ole Miss actually up nine at last check there as they passed the midway point of the first half at the pavilion on the Ole Miss campus. So we'll see how that eight, nine range sort of shakes out chase. I know you've got a handful of options there, Kentucky, Mississippi state, maybe a couple of others even. Yeah. Kentucky, Mississippi state, Missouri, Ole Miss all hanging around that 500 mark. Perhaps they won't. Well, certainly I don't think they'll, they'll all play the same number of games, uh, which could, which could make for some, I guess a little head scratching in the standings for sure, splitting hairs. Uh, but uh, Kentucky, Mississippi State, uh, definitely two of the more likely teams that Alabama would be looking at. Uh, they'll be playing an 8-9 seed winner, which, whoever ends up in that 8-9 hole. Alabama in an a unusual position for, for sure, Travis, with that number one seed. What we usually see, of course, with Alabama in this SEC tournament is they're catching the number one seed, having to play their second day in a row <laughs> or third day in a row. Now Alabama is in the position of being able to uh, sit back and, and watch some of these teams beat each other up before they even have to take the floor. And and, and it's you've mentioned this before, uh, the, the conference tournament buys can be a big, big advantage. They can be, you know, um, I, I don't think Alabama's going to complain about a double buy uh, coming off a road game at Georgia. Georgia, by the way, going to get a nice little break here. Uh, no midweek game for Georgia this week, by the way, sitting there at seven and 10. They've already played 17 games. So uh, it'll be Alabama on Saturday for Georgia coming off uh, pretty much a full week of rest and might need it after being thumped at home last weekend by South Carolina by 21. So severe Wheeler, fun guy to watch at the guard position for Georgia. Uh, you know, he'll, he'll present a challenge. That team should present a challenge on the road, but uh, Alabama now after a Tuesday night game gets a couple of days to sort of regroup and not the worst road trip in the league for Alabama going to Athens. No doubt about it. That is going to do it for this edition of the Talking Tide podcast. We definitely want to thank you, the listener. We're, we're steaming quickly towards 120,000 downloads of Talking Tide uh, straight from podbean.com. So uh, definitely happy about that. We're glad you enjoy the show. Travis and I will be back again, I'm sure, with another podcast to preview that Southeastern Conference Tournament next week i'm sure we'll be doing a post sec podcast for you as well so be looking out for those until then for travis ryer of BamaOnline.com and southern fried sports radio i'm chase goodbread of nfl.com and crimson cover television we'll talk to you next time on talking tide